My name is Trevor. I'm part of the charitable donation team. But I'd like to, if multimedia could throw up a slide on, we have an event afterwards. And some of you have told me you forgot to sign up. I think there's extra food. There we go. So if you'd like to join us for the community lunch, please, please come on out. Have a chance to just grab a little bite to eat. I think we're doing like Korean tacos, but they're not spicy, just so you know, not spicy, but they're really a really good combination. So that's awesome. As trouble announcement, the other thing, I want to prime you a little bit. Jeff talked about last week, due to the generosity of this community, we, we're really on track this year to have a good year. So we have a Christmas hamper coming up. And that's a few weeks away, and that really helps people who really wouldn't have a very good Christmas without us. We're going to talk more about it, but maybe start to get into that thought process about like what would be reasonable for your family. Could you help? There's, you can help a little bit or a lot, but really maybe just see if you, there's some extra space to open your heart on this one. As Jeff talked about, we couldn't do this without you. So thank you for your generosity. This keeps us going, keeps the service happening and really reaching our world. And we appreciate every one of you. And yeah, come over and eat afterwards and we'll really show you how much we appreciate you. Right, Jeff? <laughs> Have a great morning, everyone. Thanks, Trevor. Um, hey, good morning, everyone. Thanks, Vince. I'll get these. Perfect. Wunderbar. Thank you. Yeah, welcome again to Friends Church. So happy you're here. Hopefully you've just been allowing yourself to breathe this morning and take in uh, some space, uh, create some space for yourself to be able to process life. Um, yeah, I'm Jeff, one of the team here. And uh, I want to just start off by telling you, just actually um, admitting that this time of year, uh, I've noticed over the last probably 10 years is it, there's a sadness that moves over me. And, uh, and maybe some of you can relate to this. I, 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 it's not just the shorter days, you know, things get darker quickly, leaving work and it's dark out and Leaving, getting up in the morning and it's dark out. You know, there's that. There's the snow that moves in. But um, I don't know. It has a way. There's something sad for me when the summers end. Summers for me are probably my favorite time of the entire year. I just feel like I am in the groove in the summer months like no other time of the year. I Obviously, I enjoy the heat, but there's just something about it. I feel energized, mentally focused. I'm happy. I'm present. Everything that Alessandra was talking about doing this morning, I'm going, I do that so easily throughout the summer. It's... Uh, it's those months are probably the time when my life is so well-ordered more than any other time of the year. Is there a time, season, months, where you just feel like you're just in the zone? Is it a time of year for you? Does it rotate around a particular series of events for you? Is there... Is there a time where you go, oh, no, actually, September, October, I am locked and loaded. Or June, man, the, the spring is when it, I just, 
Do you have your time? You have your season where you're just going, man, I just feel on top of things. It's amazing how when you're in that healthy mental state, emotional space, how much capacity you have. Isn't it true? Like, how much you can do, how much energy you can expel, the things you can have going on, the plates you're spinning, you're making things happen, and it can feel like it even requires less energy, even though you are exerting a ton of horsepower. It's a weird thing. Little things, even big things can go wrong. But when I feel like I'm on top of stuff, nothing hurts. It's like, huh, climb on. Tell me when you're on. You know, that's, 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 it's just this built-in shock absorber. This is why probably one of my biggest priorities in life, if you've been around this last couple of weeks, we've been talking about the things in life that really matter, that lead to the most meaningful life. One of the big priorities of my life is my mental and my emotional well-being. That I've realized when this thing, there's a rock, but this is symbolic of my emotional and mental well-being, when it is taken care of, when it goes into the pot first, and I get that thing paid attention to, it's amazing how so much of my, the rest of my life can fall into place. How many know what I'm talking about there? But man, I tell you, I ignore this one and I start throwing in all this other stuff. I'm going, oh man, I got, I got work commitments and I got to get this family stuff taken care of. And oh geez, I, I, I start loading up all that stuff and all of a sudden I'm almost tapping and I go, Oh, shoot. I forgot about this one. It is amazing how painful all of this can feel. How many know what I'm talking about? Yeah. It's crazy. I get to this point and I'm kind of hurting. And this, I call it a funk, just kind of moves in. Getting out of bed just feels a little tougher. I'm a morning guy. I love getting out up early and moving. And man, I tell you, that funk starts moving in and I'm tapping the snooze button. And I'm like, wow, this is weird. Someone's telling a story and I'm not really listening. The number of times I'm going, oh, sorry, what was that? Someone's laughing about something and I'm finding it hard. I don't have the energy to laugh. You know what I'm talking about? The funk just moves in and the blah, the gray. And just the littlest things annoy I can find myself so irritable. Someone says the wrong thing and I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm catching myself. Every now and then I'll watch Kathy and she'll go, are you okay? 
and it is, it is happening so subconsciously, I look at her, and I'm annoyed by the fact that she's even asking me the question. And, I'm, and then it's kind of this moment where I step back and I go, what's going on here? It's a funk. I'm not talking about clinical depression. I'm not talking about that. I, 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 I've, I don't know what it's like to struggle in heavy depression. So, and that's above my pay grade. I'm not talking about that. I know that there are some that need medication. They need stuff to deal with heavy, heavy funks, real medical situations going on. I'm talking about the gray funks that can move into anyone's life. I was going through one of these funks a number of years ago, and uh, I had a breakfast with a guy. We got together. It was at the Village Park Inn one morning, right around this time of year. And he was just asking how I was doing, and I told him, I said, I just... I can't figure it out. I'm, I'm just struggling right now. He's like, what's going on? I said, that's the thing. I, it, everything's normal. Like, I don't have any major fires burning. He said, I wonder if your, your emotional, your mental battery is just worn down. And I, I had never really heard that metaphor used. That, that idea of my mental or emotional battery that I didn't even imagine I, I even had one of those. I, and so I'm looking and I'm going, what do you mean? It's like maybe your, your battery's just drained. You're, you're emotional, you're mental. Ba-. I said, well, well, that's an interesting concept. What would drain it? I just started peppering with all these questions. And he's like, well, you know, you got, a, you got an emotional battery. I said, I'm not sure I did know that. What does that look like? What even charges it? What's draining it? The idea that that might be happening, that there might be something inside me that could explain what I'm feeling was exciting. I remember going home and Googling this thing, going, okay, so how does this work now? And I remember the learning curve was steep. I remember the guy that morning, he says, yeah, your battery, your emotional, your mental battery is is what fuels your your emotional and mental energy. It's what gives you the power to to be able to feel lots, to, 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 to engage in heavy logic, to be able to create, to, to laugh. When your battery starts running low, laughing, engaging and feeling other people's emotions, no, you start going numb. I was like, that makes complete sense. I remember going home and um, reading, uh, searching for, well, okay, what, what recharges the battery? What, what, what do I have to do to get this thing going again? I remember reading an article, and it listed a whole bunch of different emotional and mental recharging activities. And I, rem- I remember just kind of scouring through the list and going, and but then a couple really stood out. I was like, yeah, 
remember seeing competitive camaraderie. I went, yes. And as they described it, I'm like, the idea of being united with a team and, and, and having a common enemy or like this opponent in sport and, 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 and working together to achieve something, to win something. I'm like, oh man, I've been playing team sports all my life. That idea, oh, I'm like, that does it? That does it for me? That's what's going on there? I just thought I was just having fun. No, actually that has the power of recharging certain people's emotional batteries. Remember reading meaningful conversations. I'm like, oh yeah. Being able to sit with someone and it's like the fluff goes away and they begin talking about life. No filters. Just raw, authentic conversation. Connecting back and forth. Oh, I come away from meetings like that and I can't even explain it. It's just interacting with groups of people. I know I'm an extrovert. But when I go out and I'm hanging out, even last night, I'm out with a bunch of guys watching the American hockey game. And we're sitting around drinking beer and laughing and joking. It's just like there's this hose hooked up to me. And it's just pouring fuel into me. I walked away last night. I knew I was going to have to be up early this morning. It's around midnight. I'm getting home. I couldn't tell. I was just vibrating, feeling awesome. This list was telling me that is a recharger, helping people. I'm a two on the Enneagram. They call me a helper. That's kind of my category. When I'm at my best and I am helping people, ooh, ha, ha. Some people look at me and say, that is sick. (laughs) You are warped, Jarvis. I can't, it just, it feels great when I'm doing something tangible that's making a difference in someone's lives. Oh, I'll mention one more, building and creating. Uh, Ever since I was young, my, my mom told me I would ask for tools for my birthday. Wood. I loved to build. I loved to create. Whoops. And so, renovation projects someone's like oh please put me no I, I i love them i love creating even going out in my in my yard when it's spring and the grass is dead the idea of bringing that to life and seeing that vibrant green co- mowing my lawn and being and having it all the lines i just sit back ah uh, says what are you doing out here i said i'm just looking at the lawn I know it's strange, but I can't. It's just feeding my soul. Let me ask you about you. What does it for you? It's it's interesting as I think about it. The summer allows me to check off so many of my boxes. Golf is another one of those things. You hear me talk about that. You're sick of that. But it, I can go out. That's okay. I'm not going to stop. Uh, <laughs> I'll go out for, on my day off. 
spend five, six hours with three other guys or would there be eight of us, two tea times, and we'll be playing games, partnered up with one guy, and taken on two other guys. Competitive camaraderie, yeah. Meaningful conversations, five hours of them. Sitting over drinks afterwards, talking. I come home, man, I've, I, I've been to Disneyland. I, I've been to Hawaii. That's how good it feels. Summer allows me to do that every week. I get out there, mow my lawn, doing all this stuff. Oh. What are your, what's on your list? What is it you do that does that kind of stuff for you? See, there are a million different ways, million different things you could choose that is unique for you. I talk to people all the time, all the time, ask them, so what is it? What is your thing? You know, they mock me for my golf. I go, okay, so what's yours? What charges you? Sometimes it's a big hobby, but sometimes just little things. People have learned. Alessandra was talking about breath work. There's some people that talk to me about their morning ritual. Every morning they wake up and, and they, they go through the, and a series of different things. Some will start just journaling. Drink water, vitamins, tea, and then journaling. Breath work, meditation. I play music. I sit, I go for a walk I, every morning. I grab my dog, we go for a walk. I come back, I do this, I do this. I go, ah, they said, I can't explain it, but it does something for me. It orders my day. I remember talking to one mom. She says, every night before I go to bed, I take out my pad of paper and I write down all the different things that need tomorrow, need to happen around the house. I just map them all out. She said, there's something about that. All of a sudden, my mind just goes, I just relax and I sleep. She said, if I ignore that step, I will wake up in the middle of the night. Little things, meditation, taking walks in nature. Jesus, we read of Jesus often just going time out. He, would, he, he just seemed to be aware of what he was needing. And he would just say, see you boys, I'm gone. And he head out walking into the wilderness. They think, you know, praying, meditating. My wife, there is something powerful about her and mountains. I could take her to Red Deer for a week. Uh-uh. I take her to Banff for an afternoon. She's just, she's just soaking in as much as she can when we go out there. There's just something about that. A hot, quiet bath. Learning. My son, Austin, he was telling me the other night, he's saying, Dad, I don't know why, but he said, when I stop learning, something starts drying up inside me. I got to be learning. And when I'm learning, I just feel so good. I feel so good. What's your thing? Listening, playing music, creating art. Kathy very artistic. And so she has, does these, she makes these beads and bracelets. And I used to think like, you selling that stuff? Or like, where are we going with this? I'm realizing now there, it's more than the business side of it. There is something she loves and creating. It's feeding her. What's your thing? So being with family. Driving. I've heard some people say, oh, when I can drive, if, if I get the chance to go on a trip and I can drive, and if I can drive alone, 
Oh. Working out. You see, some of these things don't even have to take 5 or 10, 15, 20 a week. They're just little micro rechargers. You wire in. But we're all so different, aren't we? What works for someone doesn't work for someone else. We, I remember early on in our marriage, Kathy and I were at this big party. And uh, it, was, uh, it was a party. Crazy. And we were having set, I, I was having a blast, all right? And finally, Kathy's tugging on, on me, saying, we got to go. I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. We say good our goodbyes. We get into the car. Man, I am vibrating. And I am so excited to be able to tell her some of the conversation because we got split up over the night. And we get in the car, and I start driving away, and I, I start into, sorry, you won't believe. I was chatting with someone, so I look over, and Kathy's got the seat back. <laughs> she is like almost comatose. And I look at her. I go, what are you doing? She goes, I am so exhausted. I'm going, exhausted? We've done nothing all night. We've just relaxed. We've been sitting in the kitchen, yakking with people. What are you, what are you talking about? She goes, I just, I just feel like I got hit by a truck. I was so angry. I'm going, you're making that up. She's just so introverted that while one thing was recharging my battery, the other one, for her, it was like someone turned on her headlights and the engine wasn't running. And by the end of three and a half, four, five hours, wherever it was, she is dead. She needs life support. It was so mind-blowing to me. I had no idea what was going on in that moment at that time. Later, you start realizing, wow, we are so each uniquely wired up for different kinds of things. For me, it's it's funny, uh, I'm learning there are some situations that will drain my battery so heavily. It's about knowing what charges it, but man, it's also knowing knowing what will, will completely empty it in a matter of minutes. A number of years ago, we were going through a bunch of changes here at Friends in our direction, our focus, our mission. We're reevaluating certain things that just didn't seem to fit theologically with who we are in life. And so we started making changes. We started talking publicly about these changes, and it created an uproar. There were people that didn't want change. There were people that wanted us to stay more in a kind of a traditional vein. And so they would book appointments with me, say, I need, we need to go and have lunch. I'd be like, oh, oh, oh no. And these were people, some of them I really loved and respected. And they'd sit across the table and look at me and say, Jeff, you've gone too far. I've got a problem with this. I think you're wrong. Part of my Enneagram, too, thrives on the approval of people I respect and love. I would come away from one of those meetings. And you want to talk about funk. I could barely walk straight. I'd come home, Kathy would be looking at me, you okay? I didn't even know how to describe what was going on. I just felt so empty, so gross. I had no energy. Man, there's some weeks I do like four of those meetings. I'm just like, oh my God. I had no, 
I had no idea that my battery had just literally, I, I was in negative, negative. But it's not like that for everyone. For, for eights on the Enneagram, you, you thrive in having control. When someone comes in and starts threatening your control, saying, no, 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 I'm, making the sh- I'm calling the shots now. Don't worry about it. No, no, no. Uh, I'll tell you what you're doing. For eights, it's like, wait, well, no, no, you're not telling me, right? For sixes who thrive in security and safety, someone comes in and starts saying, hey, we're going to do some things, and you perceive incredible risk and threat to your own safety, your family. All of a sudden, man, it's like those battery cables get hooked up, and it's just sucking, sucking. For threes, you're performance-driven, All of a sudden, you do something and you blow it. You're not performing according to expectations or someone's standards. You do something that is perceived as a failure by other people. (gasps) For nines on the Enneagram, you hate conflict. Kathy hates conflict. And so there will be conflict going on, say, between my sons or me and my sons or someone at work. She didn't have to be involved. It's just, she's just, oh my God. Stop this. Stop. Hates it. You likely have certain situations that are so powerful, energy depleters. And if you're not aware of them, you can go from almost a full battery. You get thrown into the wrong situation or the wrong week or things go sideways on you and you are busted. Your phone is blinking 5%. You are, you are right on the verge of shutting down. And most people aren't, I, I wasn't, I wasn't aware of how this all works. But the number of times my battery lights, the indicators were sh- were. I mean, they were shining red. They were sending off alarms. And I didn't even know. I I didn't know what was going on. I just called it a bad day. I just said, you know what? November's, they're just a busy time. I'm just been busy. How how many times is that your answer for what's going on? Hmm. I will dare you to think about deeply about that. Sometimes it's a lot. It's, it's, there's a lot more to this than just busyness. And you know that it's true because you might just unplug when your battery's dead and you do nothing for two days, three days, sitting at a TV screen, watching movies and you get up and you're still busted. You're dead. You're going, what's going on? Nothing is bringing this thing back. I'm telling you, when you start registering 5% battery life, this thing gets left out of that thing. Life goes dark. Life gets painful. If you've been there, you know exactly what I'm talking about, man. Life is hard. Now, assuming you believe, assuming that one of your big rocks is mental and emotional health. I, I can't imagine anyone saying, nah, not for me. Nah, I'll take it or leave it. I got other priorities. I'm betting everyone here would say, no, no, that's one of my biggies. I really need to protect that. We've said, you take care of this one. It gets left in the jar. It leads you. Chances are, it's pretty key to a meaningful life. 
the question I got to ask are, what are the things that not only work to recharge, but that you have wired into your life consistently to keep this thing in there all the time? If this is the disposable time and energy that you have in any given day, week, or month, anything outside of this jar ain't going to get done. What, is, what are the things that you are doing guaranteed to make sure it stays there? It's not enough to know what things recharge you. The question is, what are you doing? What do you make happen? We call these the emotional, mental rituals of our lives. Rituals. They're rituals because they're more than just activities. They're more than just nice things that we enjoy doing. Oh, I love doing that. No, no, no. They're more than that because we realize what they're doing for us. We realize the impact that they can have. There's some studies that were being done about rituals helping people in stressful scenarios. This was fascinating. People who had rituals, they had go-to plans for when life happens. It's just wired in. The amazing difference they studied women in war-torn countries. Imagine Ukraine right now, bombs going off. People, they're not even sure what their safety is. They, they found some women who are willing to recite a passage from Psalms whenever they're starting to feel anxious. It was just their ritual. They begin to just recite the words of a passage from the Bible. Though I walk through the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. They, they, they had it all listed out. And they started tracking their well-being in comparison to those that didn't have any kind of ritual established. It was mind-blowing how these women were able to regulate in the middle of incredible stress. They looked at athletes who had incredible pre-game or pre-performance rituals. We always do this, I do this, I eat this, I walk through this, I make sure I have this much sleep. They said the athletes with incredibly ritualized practices before performance, their performance was so night and day different than those that had no rituals. These rituals, they do something powerful. So the question is, what is it that you're doing that is woven into your life that's helping you regulate? It's vital for your well-being. When you understand the difference between just an activity and a ritual, they almost become sacred. They become so vital, you won't just blow them off when something else comes up. As best as possible, you make them happen. told you earlier, November, I, I was always heading into this funk. And when I started realizing summers and all these things that had become so ritualized, part of my summer thing, seven hours maybe, give or take, maybe more, hours a week, golfing, working in the yard, mowing my lawn, it all ends October. 
Sometimes, first snowfall, it just goes away. All of a sudden, I'm looking at a blank Monday. I'm going, well, what am I going to do now? How easy it is for me, that rock comes out and other stuff goes in. Now, whatever that rock represents, but I'm telling you, like clockwork, by November, I, I, I recognize now the rituals that I'm doing that's feeding my soul stop. End of September, beginning of October, I start running deficits. By November, it's manifesting. By December, I'm maybe starting to pick up some other things. If I'm not careful, it can stretch into gent. Now I'm blaming the weather. I'm blaming the cold. I'm looking at all these different things. When I woke up to this, and I said, okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. Maybe it's just not the cold weather. Maybe it isn't just the shorter days. I don't have enough chargers in my system from about end of October all the way through. So I got, I got to replace some stuff. When I started realizing this, I started saying, okay, renovations. I enjoy renovate. They feed my soul, okay? I'm not going to do any during golf season. They start mid-fall. Mondays, I start booking out my day doing things that I do. Now, social events. Battle of Alberta, already what I'm doing is I'm talking with the boys, saying, guys, when are we getting together? How many games are we playing this year? Well, we only, Edmonton's only playing Calgary three times. This is last night. Three, three times, okay? Then we're doing it. We're doing it. We're doing it. Why? The, this needs to be set up and ritual and made happen. Now, a night like last night is like a supercharger for me. I, I'll be rolling for probably a good week off of that one. We had some good laughs last night. The loss dropped it down a little bit, okay? The winter months, I needed to get very, very strategic. You see how this works? You start booking it up in the calendar. You find your thing. Early morning breakfast clubs. I have a group of guys that I meet for breakfast. And I'm telling you, sometimes, especially over the summer, everyone's traveling, whatever, the routine goes away. All of a sudden, we're like, hey, when are we getting together again? It's at this point of the year, I got to say, okay, how often are we going to meet? What's it going to be? It's going to be every three weeks? Okay, when are we doing them? Let's get them locked in. What am I doing? Man, I'm just, I'm just making sure. Okay, that one, yeah, that's in, that's in, that's in, great. Good, I got this covered. So there's these daily rechargers that you can be thinking about wiring in. Are you very intentional about that? Do you have daily stuff that you're doing that's feeding you? Some people say, it's my drive to work every day. I, I listen to podcasts. Some people say, I don't listen to anything in the car on the way to work. It, it, this solitude just does a great. Awesome. I don't care what it is. What is it? Do you have something you're doing on a daily basis that is specifically targeting this? How about weekly? We come from a tradition where the Sabbath was so woven culturally into it. You could not get away 
with trying to pull off a seven-day work week, man. Friday night, shutting down, meal, the, the Seder dinner, you'd be coming around, and then Saturday, man, you are not working. We've, we've gone long, far away from that. But I'm telling you, our ancestors knew. You, you pay attention to this because the lights go out if you don't. So question, what do you have daily? What do you have weekly? Is this part of your Sabbath ritual? There's more than just engaging your brain. Maybe this is your time to breathe and relax and recharge your emotional, mental battery. What do you do Sunday afternoons? Or when is your day off? Do you have something that you're thinking about doing consistently? I'm, I'm begging you right now. Ritualize it. If you live bu- busy lives, chances are the thought of ritualizing something, you're saying, no, this is going to happen on a regular basis, might terrify you. Some people take it way further than just the daily and the weekly. Some start strategically planning getaways. I was talking to a couple this morning. They're going, hey, we're going away November. Oh yeah. And then we got something going on December. What are those? Those are scheduled timeouts where, you know what? You start running deficit. What would those look like for you? What would a one day or a two day event just designed to top you up emotionally? What would that look like? Do you have any ideas? Pretty simple message this morning. But it requires the work of knowing exactly what the things are that work for you. I got, I got caught, I, I actually stumbled in to learning different things that I do and I just ended up doing them. But then when they went away, I, I had no idea what was happening. Now, I, I don't like when that funk moves in. I like what happens and what I'm capable of being and living and experiencing in life when that rock stays firmly planted in that jar. Oh, I love it. The difference between Jeff when he's full and when he's empty emotionally is massive. I'm betting it's the case for you too. So, this morning, we're going to take a little bit of time. I'm going to invite Alexander to come and play. Um, I don't know if you've been thinking. I don't know if you've... Maybe you're here and you're going, Jeff, this is child's play. I've had this locked in for years. I'm working the plan. Awesome. Take the next five minutes off. But if you're here this morning and you have used excuses, oh, I'm just stressed, I'm just tired, I'm, and you haven't really known how to combat those moments. Maybe you have no mental or emotional rituals established in your life right now. You got a, a golden moment right now to think deeply about what you could do differently this week, today, that could start replenishing a mental and emotional health plan for your life. Music's going to play. Some questions are going to come up. And I just invite you to answer them if you can. You know, it's, it's a sad tale that there are some who have allowed their batteries to run so low for so long 
that who they are now is not even themselves, but that's become them. I, I just invite you this week, not settle for anything less than your, your vital self. We're talking about, we all fall, we've been talking about finding the meaningful life, finding that place where you are in your groove. You're, you're living life the way that you were designed optimally to live. May you ritualize the things that matter most, that charge you. May you commit to them. And may you know what it feels like when that happens. May you experience that summertime, year-round. That's what I'm going for. I'm, I'm tired of just three or four months out of the year being in that great place. I want, I want that to become just a part of my life in general. I hope that would be yours too. Have a great week, everyone. We're going to go and eat some... And we got pork belly Korean tacos going down over there. It's going to be great. And, uh, you know, it's an opportunity. You know, you don't have to be an extrovert to enjoy an environment like this. You can lock off with one other person sitting at a table and have a meaningful conversation that would feed your soul. But you're all invited. It's going to be in the social hall next, next door. We'll talk more about the Christmas hampers and our whole outreach that we're going to make a difference with in the next couple of weeks. You'll hear more about that. Get out there and ritualize some mental practice and emotional practices this week. You won't regret it. Trust me.